Good afternoon and uh, welcome to a, uh, another episode of uh, Talk with Deborah. Today we're going to talk about uh, God's call to service. You know, uh, as his representatives among men, God does not choose angels who have never fallen, but human beings, men of like passions with those they seek to save. Christ took humanity that he might reach humanity. A divine human savior was needed to bring salvation to the world and to men and women has been committed the sacred trust of making known the unsearchable riches of Christ. Right? Um, as Templars were, were that way as well. It was the savior's purpose that after he ascended into heaven to become man's intercessor, his followers should carry on the work that he had begun. Shall the human agent show no special interest in giving the light of the gospel message to those who sit in darkness? As Templars were, were to do that as well. There are some uh, who are willing to go to the ends of the earth in order to carry the light of truth to men, but God demands that every soul who knows the truth shall seek to win others to the love of the truth. If we're not willing to make special sacrifices in order to save souls that are ready to perish, how can we be counted worthy to enter the city of God? How can Templars do that? How can they say that unless they're involved in spreading the word of Jesus Christ and his church, right? In his wisdom, the Lord's bring those who are seeking for truth into the touch with fellow beings who know the truth. It's a plan of heaven that those who have received light shall impart, impart that to those in the darkness. Humanity, <coughs> excuse me, drawing its efficiencies from the great source of wisdom is made that the instrumentality, um, the working agency through which the gospel exercises its transforming power on mind and heart. God could reach his objective in saving sinners without, a, without any aid at all, no doubt about it. But in order for us to develop a character like Christ's, we must share his work. In order to enter into his joy, the joy of seeing souls redeemed by a sacrifice, we must participate in his labors for their redemption. Right? And we, as representatives among men, Christ does not choose angels, as I said before, who have never fallen, but human beings, men of like passions with those who seek to save. Christ took it upon himself, uh, humanity, he took humanity upon himself, that he might reach humanity. Uh, divinity needed humanity, for it was required both the divine and the human to be to bring salvation to the world. Divinity needed humanity, and humanity might afford a channel of communication between God and man. Right? Hence, how the Bible was formed it was written by men through God. There's an example right there. Oh, uh, with almost impatient eagerness, the angels wait for cooperation. Uh, the Holy Spirit waits for cooperation. For man must be a channel, be that channel to communicate with man. All right, and and when we give ourselves to Christ in a wholehearted devotion, angels rejoice 
the Holy Spirit's rejoicing, God's rejoicing, that they may speak through our voices to real, reveal God's love. We must be laborers together with God, for God will not complete his work without human agencies. Templars must unite to do this as well around the world. All Templars, needs to, they need to unite. We're a huge order of uh, Templar knights anymore, and, and, and Templars in general. Uh, doesn't matter, a, a CAA or a SAA or whatever rank you may be, even in the ranks, uh, a squire. You, you, we all need to work for the same thing. A distinct, a distinct work is assigned to everybody, every Christian. God requires everyone to be a worker in his vineyard. You are to take up the work that has been placed in your charge and do it faithfully. And do it faithfully, right? Uh, where every one of you uh, uh, is a living uh, missionary, the message for this time would speedily be proclaimed into all countries, to every people and nation and tongue. Every true disciple is born into the kingdom of God as a missionary. He who drinks the living water becomes a fountain of life. The, the, the receiver becomes a giver, right? So if you're teaching somebody and bringing them out of the darkness, they are now part of the team, right? They're there to spread the word of God too. That saved them. The grace of Christ in the soul is like a spring in the desert welling up to refresh us all and making those who are ready to perish eager to drink of the water of life. God expects personal service from everyone to whom he has entrusted a knowledge of the truth for this time. Not all can go to, uh, to be um, missionaries in foreign lands, but all can be at home, be missionaries at home in their families, in their neighborhoods, in their community. Christ was standing only a few steps from the heavenly throne when he gave his commission to his disciples, including as, as missionaries all who shall believe on his name. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God's power was to go with them, to save the souls, to be the life work of everyone who professes Christ. We are the debtors to the world for the grace given us by God, of God, for the light which has shone upon us and for the discovered beauty and power of the truth. Right? Everywhere there's a tendency to substitute the work and organization for an individual effort. Everywhere. Human wisdom tends to consolidation um, to centralization, to the building up of great churches and institutions. Multitudes leave these institutions, as you see, as, as has happened. They're starting to come back. <coughs> Excuse me. They become self-absorbed and unimpressible. Why? The love for God and man dies out of the soul. Christ commits his to his followers, um, an individual work. A work that cannot be done by proxy. Ministry to the sick and the poor, the giving of the gospel to the lost is not to be left to committees or organized charities. Individual responsibility, individual effort. 
uh, personal sacrifice is a requirement of the gospel. It's not saying, let me step back a little bit, it's not saying that within your organization, that the organization controls what you do. You as an individual will step out of that realm. Yeah, you're organized, and and you're all working for the same goal. We'll get onto that a little bit later. But individual effort, personal sacrifice is the requirement of the gospel. Everyone who has received the divine elimination uh, is to brighten the pathway of those who know not the light of life. Right? To everyone's work has been allotted, and, and no one can be substituted for another. Each one has a mission of, of wonderful importance, which he cannot neglect or ignore. As the fulfillment of it involves the wheel of uh, some soul, and the neglect of it, woe for the one of, for whom Christ died. We should all be workers together. There's your togetherness. With God. With No idlers are acknowledged as his servants. Right? So each individual has to work. And just like in your organization, in your Templar organization, in your order, yeah, you have that big thing there in brotherhood and love and, and all that stuff. But each individual within that order has a job to do and a job that Christ assigns, right? Yeah, you might think that you, as a knight's captain, for example, or a grand prior, uh, you're assigning these things for these people to do, but it's up to each individual through God through God to take up that gospel and spread that to all the poor or people that are in the dark souls. Every soul whom Christ has rescued is called to work. And that's what your job is, is to find these souls that need to be rescued. It's called, uh, read all your 24 virtues. And it's all about love in those 24 verses, all about the Ten Commandments, even their 24 of the uh, it's all about love. So you, if God's loving you and you and you have His knowledge and you need to spread uh, spread that word, you need to you need to do it. You need to go out with His works, and be in His vineyard and work. Um, every soul whom Christ has rescued is called to work in His name for the saving of the lost. This work has been neglected in Israel. It is, a, is not neglected today by those who profess to be Christ's followers. There's something for everyone to do. Every soul that believes the truth is to stand in his lot and place, saying, Here I am, Lord, send me. It's a privilege for every Christian not only to look for, but to hasten the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spread the word. Spread the love, brother, as they say. Spread the love. He who becomes a child of God should henceforth look upon himself as a link in the chain let down to save the world, one with Christ in in his, his plan of mercy, going forth with him to seek and save the lost. That's our job as Templars. That's our jobs as Christians, period. All, all may find something to do. None need feel that there is no place where they can labor for Christ. The Savior identifies himself with every child of humanity. 
Those who have united with the Lord in the covenant of service are under bonds to unite with him in the great grand work of soul saving. So vast is the field, so comprehensive the design, that every sanctified heart will be pressed into service as an instrument of divine power, period. Men are, men are instruments in the hand of God, employed by him to accomplish his purpose of grace and mercy. Each has his part to act. To each is granted a, a measure of light adapted to the necessities of his time and sufficient to enable him to perform the work which God has given him to do. Long, long has God waited for the spirit of service to take possession of the whole church, of the whole world, so that everyone shall be working for him according to his ability. When he set forth the twelve after the seventy to proclaim the kingdom of God, he was teaching them their duty in part to others what he had made known to them. In all his work, he was training them for an individual labor to be extended as their members increased. So when we're all an extension of the 12 apostles as Christians, and that we have the knowledge of God. He's given us knowledge of what he wants done. And, every, and eventually to reach the uttermost, part, the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's where you saw, you know, you read about uh, missionaries down in South America and in Africa and things like that, right? Okay, not okay. Not upon the ordained minister only rests the responsibility of going forth to fulfill this commission. Everyone, everyone who has received Christ is called to work for the salvation of his fellow men. The real character of the church is measured not by the high profession she makes, Not by the names enrolled upon the church books, but but what she is actually doing for the master, right? By the number of her um, persevering, faithful workers, personal interests and, and vigilant individual effort will accomplish more for the cause of Christ than can be wrought by sermons or creeds. Wherever a church is established, such as the Templar Order, because you're basically a church. All of the members should engage actively in missionary work. They should visit every family and every neighborhood and know their spiritual condition. The members of the church are not called to labor to foreign lands, but all have part to act in the great work of giving light to the world. The gospel of Christ is aggressive and diffusive. Diffusive. In the day of God, not not one will be excused for having been shut up in their in his own selfish interest. We're to work in the vineyard, as I stated before. And, and as an order, a Templar order, it's our duty to go visit these neighborhoods that we live in and then see how people are. Once you bring those people into the light of God, you think about this. They can also 
be part of that church, be part of your church, be part of your order. My, my, what do you think about that? Right? Another way to actively recruit people into into God's church. Um, The gospel of Christ, as I said, is is aggressive and and diffusive. The day of God, I, I said all this. He has entrusted you with sacred truth. Christ abiding in the individual members of our order or church is a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You're guilty before God if you don't make every effort to possible to dispense this living water to others. You're guilty before God. We're not a we're not we are not as Christians doing one twentieth part we might be doing winning souls of to Christ. There's a world to be warned. And every sincere Christian will be a guide, an example to others' faithfulness in cross-bearing, in prompt and vigorous action and unserving fidelity to the cause of the truth and his sacrifices and labors to promote the cause of God. So far as opportunities extend, everyone who has received the light of truth is under the same responsibility as was the prophet of Israel, to whom came the word son of man. Right? He set three watchmen unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. To everyone who becomes a partaker a partaker of his grace, the Lord appoints a work for others. Individually, We are to stand in our lot, as I said before, and place saying, Here I am, send me, Lord, send me. Upon the minister of the word and the the missionary nurse, the Christian physician, the individual Christian, whether he be a merchant or a farmer or a professional person, a mechanic, uh, someone who works in a factory, the responsibility rests upon us all, all of us. It's our work that reveals to men, the gospel of their salvation. Every enterprise in which we engage should be means to this end. You understand that, right? When the master of the house called his servants, he he gave to a very man his work. The whole family of God are included to the responsibility of using uh, their Lord's goods. Every individual from the lowest and the most obscure to the greatest and most exalted is a moral agent endowed with abilities for which he is accountable to God. Now, as orders, as Templars, here's where the Christian forces come into work. Brethren and sisters in faith, does the question arise in your hearts, am I my brother's keeper? If you claim to be children of God, you are your brother's keeper. If you're a Templar, you are your brother's keeper. If you're a if you're a Christian, you're a brother's keeper. The Lord holds the church responsible for the souls of those whom they might be the means of saving. The Savior has given his precious life in order to establish a church capable of ministering to the suffering, the sorrowful, and the tempted. A company of believers may be poor, uneducated, unknown, yet in Christ they may do a work in home, in the community, and even in the regions beyond that area, whose results shall be far-reaching as eternity, enfeeble and defective 
as it may appear, the church is the one object upon which God bestows in a special sense his supreme regard. It is a, a, the theater of his grace in which he delights to reveal his power to transform hearts. Right? And, and then we go on from there. We go on as witnesses. We are Christ's witnesses. We are, we are not to allow worldly interests and plans to absorb our time and our attention. Ye are my witness, saith the Lord. I have declared and have saved and I have showed. When there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses. I, the Lord, have called thee to righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give, ye thee, give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles to open the blinds and their blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from prison and them that sit in the darkness out of the prison house. The people of the world are worship, is worshiping false gods. They are to be turned away from their false worship, not by hearing denunciation, of their idols, right? But what? But by beholding something better. God's goodness is to be made known. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. All who enter the city of God must during their earthly life set forth Christ in their dealings. It is in that that the constitutes them as the messengers of Christ, his witnesses. They are to bear a plain, decide testimony, decided testimony against all evil practices, pointing sinners to the Lamb of God. That's what we do as Templars in our orders, right? We help people. We're not to turn our backs on people. We're to help them. And we're supposed to point the sinners to the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. The disciples were to go forth as Christ's witnesses to declare to the world that they had seen and heard him. Their office was the most important to which human beings had ever been called, second only to the Christ himself. There were to be, be workers together with God for saving the saving of mankind and saving of men. As Templars, don't you think that we need to be that way? Are we that way? Are we just into into being Templar Knights as as a power thing? Recognition is as being, yeah, yeah, I made it all the way up to oh, Grand Master, Grand Prior. But are you are you really putting forth that effort in God's name and doing the work for God? Or are you just there? You listen to what I say, and you do what I need to do. The divine teacher says, my spirit alone is competent to teach and convict of sin. Externals uh, make only a temporary impression upon the mind. I will enforce truth on the conscience, and men shall be my witnesses throughout the world, asserting my claims on man's time and his money, his intellectual, and his intellect. Our confessions of his faithfulness in heaven chooses and chosen agencies for revealing Christ to the world. We are to acknowledge his grace as made known through the holy men of old, but that which will be most effectual is the testimony of our own experiences. Right? Okay. So now you, as a Templar, 
You have your experiences. But what about God's? Do you have God's experiences? Then you need to spread that word and bring people out of the darkness and into the light. We're witnesses for God as we reveal ourselves the working of the power that is divine. Every individual has a life distinct from all others, right? And in an experience differing essentials essentially from theirs. God's, God desires that our praise shall ascend him, marked by our own individuality. These precious acknowledgments to the praise of the glory of his grace when supported by Christ-like lives. And if people see you living a Christ-like life, they're going to be more apt to believe it. Have an, you'll have an irresistible power that works for the salvation of the souls. God cannot display the knowledge of his will and, and the wonders of his grace among the unbelieving world unless he has witnesses scattered all over the earth. It's his plan that those who are partakers of this great salvation through Jesus Christ should be his missionaries, bodies of light throughout the world, to be the signs of the people, living, living epistles, uh, known to read uh, of all men, their faith the, and the works testifying nearer approach of the coming Savior and showing that they may not receive the grace of God in vain. The people must be warned, prepared for the coming judgment. And that's part of our jobs as Templars, right? We're to consecrate channels uh, through which the heavenly life is to flow to others. The Holy Spirit is to animate and pervade the whole church, purifying and cementing hearts through us. Every follower of Jesus has work to do as a missionary. And I, I, I don't know how many times I can say that. For Christ, in the family, in the neighborhood, in the town or city where he lives. All who are concentrated to God and channels of light, God makes them instruments of righteousness to communicate to others the light of the truth. The result of the work of Jesus, as he sat weary and hungry at the well, was widespread in blessing. The one soul whom he sought to help, one soul became a means of reaching others and bringing them to the Savior. This is ever the way that work of God has made progress on earth. Let your light shine, and other lights will be kindled, right? If you start a small fire, it's going to spread. Light it. Get your light going. Many have the idea that they're responsible to Christ alone for their light and experience, independent of his recognition followers on earth. Jesus is the friend of sinners. Think about who he ate with and who he sat with most of the time. Sinners to bring them into his light. And his heart is touched with their woe. He has all power, both in heaven and on earth. But he respects the means that he has ordained for the enlightenment and salvation of men. He directs sinners to the church, which he had made a channel of light to the world. Church members. Order members, Templars, let that light shine forth. Let your voices be heard in humble prayer, in witness against interpre uh, in, in interference and sin. 
the folly and the amusements of this world and in the proclamation of the truth for this time, your voice, your influence, your time, all these gifts from God are to be used in winning souls to Christ. And once those souls are won, bring them into the Templar organization. They'll come gladly and they'll want to spread the light of God as well. I've been, you know, you, you can see that the disciples of Christ and are his representatives upon the earth. And God designs that they shall be lights in the moral darkness of this world, dotted all over the country and all over the world, in towns and villages and cities, a spectacle unto the world, to angels and to man. The followers of Christ are to be the light of the world, but God does not bid them make an effort to shine. He does not approve of any self-satisfied endeavor to display superior goodness. Right? So those in those in Templar orders who say, hey, man, I made it all the way up here. He desires that they're not display superior goodness, period. Right? That's part of your virtues anyway, part of the virtues of the Lord. You know, be humble. That's one of them. He desires that their soul shall be imbued with the principles of heaven. Then as they come in contact with the world, they will reveal the light that is there. And is them. Uh, their steadfast fidelity in every act of life will be the means of illumination, right? Start your fire, start your light, spread the light of God. When in the midst of his uh, blind error and prejudice, Saul was given a revelation of the Christ uh, whom he was uh, persecuting, he was placed in a direct communication with the church, right? which is the light of the world. In this case, um, Aeneas uh, represents Christ and also represents Christ's ministers upon the earth who appointed to act in his stead, instead, in his stead is Christ's stead. And Aeneas touches the eyes of Saul that they may receive sight in Christ's stead. Instead, he places his hands upon him and he prays in Christ's name. Saul receives the Holy Ghost. All is done in the name and by the authority of Christ. Christ is the fountain. The church is the channel of communication. Templar orders are the channel of communication. Errors prevailing everywhere. The great adversity of souls is mustering his forces. He's setting every device in operation in order to confuse the minds of men with specious uh, errors. And you see that everywhere in the world today. And thus destroys the souls. Those with whom God has entrusted the treasures of his truth are to let the light shine amid the moral darkness. Templars, get your shields, get your swords, and defend. Defend God's church. Spread the light. God requires his people to shine as lights in the world. It's not merely the ministers who are required to do this, but every disciple of Christ. Their conversation should be heavenly. And while they enjoy communion with God, they will wish to have the intercourse with their fellow men in order to express by their words and acts of love of God which animates their hearts. In this way, they will be lights in the world, and the light transmitted through them will not go out to be taken away. Christ followers should be instruments of righteousness, 
workmen, living stones, admitting light, that they may encourage the presence of heavenly angels. They are required to. You're required to be channels, as it were, through which the spirit of truth and righteousness shall flow. The Lord has made his church the repository of divine influence. The heavenly universe is waiting for the members to become channels through which the current of life shall flow to the world that many may be converted and in their turn become channels through which the grace of Christ flow and shall flow to the desert portions of the Lord's vineyard. Everyone who's connected with God will impart light to others. Right? God is God has appointed his children to give lights to others. And if they fail to do it, and the souls are let in the darkness of error because of their failure to do that, which they might have done had they been vitalized by the Holy Spirit, they will be accountable to God. We have been called out to darkness into the marvelous light in our order, in the order, that we may show forth the praise of Christ. All who are concentrated to God will be channels of light, will be channels of light. Our influence upon others depends not so much upon what we say as upon what we are. So if you're living the life, of Christ, living like Christ, that is that is where it's at. Men may combat and defy the logic. They may resist the appeals, but a life is disinterested love is an argument they cannot uh, gainsay. A, a, a constant life characterized by the meekness of Christ is the power in the world. Those who should have been the light of the world have shed forth but feeble and sickly beams. What is, what is light? It is, it is piety, goodness, truth, mercy, love, all on virtues of Templars. It's a revealing of the truth in the character of life. The gospel is dependent upon our personal piety for, of its believers for its aggressive power. And God has made provision through the death of his beloved son, excuse me, that every soul may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Every soul is to be bright and shining light, showing forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are laborers together with God. Yes, laborers. Hard to believe I said that, right? We're all laborers. That meaning, that means, uh, doing earnest service in the vineyard of the Lord. The work which the disciples did, we also are to do. We are the extension of the disciples and of the apostles. Every Christian is to be a missionary. In sympathy and compassion, we are to minister to those in need of help, seeking the unselfness, unselfish earnestness to lighten the woes of suffering humanity. And we know that as Templars, that's what we're supposed to do. We are not to pass up. We are not to go by an individual that is in need of help. And, it, and we're not to bring these people out of darkness. He told them that they were to be the executors of the will in which he bequeathed 
to the world the treasures of eternal life. In the trust given to the first disciples, believers in every age have shared everyone who has received the gospel has been given sacred truth to impart to the world. God's faithful people have always been aggressive missionaries, concentrating their resources on the honor of his name and wisely using their talents in his service. Right? So much depends on unceasing activity of those who are true and loyal. And for this reason, Satan puts forth every possible effort to thwart the divine purpose to be wrought out through the obedient. He causes some to lose sight of their high and holy mission and uh, to become satisfied with the pleasures of life. He leads them to settle down at ease uh, or for the sake of greater worldly advantages to remove, to flee and discouragement from, from duty. Because he does that. He causes them to lose sight. Become satisfied with pleasures. He leads them to settle down at ease for the sake of greatly world advantages to remove from places where they might be power, powerful for the good. Others he causes to flee in discouragement from duty because of opposition or persecution. But all are such regarded by heaven with tenderest pity to every child of God whose voice the enemy of souls had succeeded in silencing the question is addressed. What, what doest thou here? I commission you to go into the world and preach the gospel, the gospel, to prepare a people for the day of God. Why are you here? Who sent you? Our families. As of individuals, the question is asked, what, what, what doest thou here? In many churches, there are families well instructed in the truths of God and God's word who might widen the spear in their influence by moving to places in need of ministry they are capable of giving. So now you got to call to Christian families. We're all a Christian family as Templars, right? Missionary families are needed to settle in uh, waste places. Let farmers, financers, builders, and those who are skilled in various arts and crafts go to the neglected field to improve the land, to establish industries, to prepare humble homes for themselves and help their neighbors. Do you do that as uh, individuals or families and Templars? Do you actually do that? God calls for Christian families. Right? To go into the communities that are the darkness and error and work wisely and, and uh, persevering uh, for the master. To answer this call requires self-sacrifice. While many are waiting to have uh, every obstacle removed from souls and <coughs> excuse me, are dying without hope and without God in the world. Many, very many, for the sake of worldly advantage, for the sake of acquiring scientific knowledge, well-ventured into pestilent regions and to endure hardships and, and privation 
where are those who are willing to do this for the sake of telling others of the Savior? Where are the men and the women who will move into regions that are in need of the gospel? That they may point those in darkness to be redeemed and to seek the Redeemer. There are whole families who might be missionaries, engaging in personal labor, toiling for the master with busy hands and active brains. And in devising uh, new methods for the success of his work. If families would locate in the dark places of the earth, places where the people are enshrouded in spiritual gloom and let the light of Christ's life shine out through them, a great work might be accomplished. Let them begin their work in a quiet, unobtrusive way, not drawing on the funds of the confidence until the interest becomes so extensive that they cannot manage it without ministerial help. Right? If lay members of a church will arouse to do the work for that, they can do. Um, individual knights, individual uh, CAAs, any of these people within your Templar order, going on a warfare at their own charge, right? Each seeing how much he can accomplish in winning souls to Jesus. That's what we're all about. We shall see many leaving the ranks of Satan to stand under the banner of Christ if our people will act upon the light that is given in these few words of instruction. We shall surely see the salvation of God. Wonderful revivals will follow. Sinners will be converted and many souls will be added to the church. Our church members should feel a deep interest in home and foreign missions. Great blessings will come to them as they make self-sacrificing efforts to plant the standard of truth in new territory. The money invested in this work will bring rich returns. New covenants, new converts, uh, rejoicing the uh, light received from the word will in their turn give of their means to carry light of truth to others. So, what does that bring us down to? God will do the work if we furnish him the instruments, right? God will accept the wholehearted service and will himself make up the deficiencies. Every deed of righteousness will be immortalized, although the doer may not feel that he's done anything worthy of notice. If you are truly consecrated, God will, through his instrumentality, Bring into the truth others whom he can use to channel, to channel, to convey light to many that are groping the darkness, in darkness. The truth is soon triumphant, glorious to all who know, choose to be laborers together with God to triumph with it. To everyone who offers himself to the Lord for service, withholding nothing, is given power for attainment of measureless results. When we labor diligently for the salvation of our fellow man, God will prosper our very effort. The Lord has a place for everyone in his great plan. Talents that are not needed and not bestowed. Uh, supposing that a talent is small, God has a place for it. 
And that one talent, if faithfully used, will do every work God designs it that should do. The humblest workers in cooperation with Christ may touch chords whose vibrations so ring to the ends of the earth and make melody throughout eternal ages. Do the Holy Spirit's work from the beginning. From the beginning, God, God has been working by his Holy Spirit through human uh, instruments for the accomplishment and his purpose on behalf of the fallen race. This was manifest in the, in the lives of the patriarchs to the church in the wilderness also in the time of Moses. God gave his good spirit to instruct them. And in the days of the apostle, he wrought mightily for his church through the agency of the Holy Spirit. The same power that sustained the patriarchs, that gave Caleb and Joshua faith and courage, and that made the work of the apostle church effective, has upheld God's faithful children in every succeeding age. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit that during the Dark Ages, the uh, Christians to help prepare the way for the Reformation, it, it was the same power that made successful the efforts of noble men and women who pioneered the way for the establishment of modern uh, missions and for the translation of the Bible into languages and dialects of all nations and of all people. So, you're assured success through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So everybody, as Christians, as Templars especially, it's not about each order. It's, it's about individuals within the order spreading the word of God and working together to spread that word of God. And that's about all I have to say on this subject today. So God does need you to be in his service. If you, you have accepted God into your heart and your soul and you know what to do, he's going to guide you. The Holy Spirit is going to guide you to bring to reach out as, as a, a missionary and, and bring other people uh, out of the darkness. Right? Praise Jesus. So, thank you for listening to this today, and I hope you have a great Christmas with God in your hearts. God on your mind at all times. God bless you, and have a great day.